You're now listening to The Bad Guy Radio production of Black and White Featuring Justin Lee Ken W.O. And Junior, your boy And your King boy Mac. King Mac What's up King Mac, I appreciate it What up? It's another episode of Black and White. It's your boy Lee Zis, the light skinned legend. Uh, it's Wednesday, August 17th. And today's a really special show for me because, uh, you know, I hate the Cubs. Uh, just the mention of the name, they make me sick. I got Mac Jr. with me tonight. And we also got a special guest, Shy Sports Fan Joe. Coming from Palos Park, Illinois. Mostly he's a Blackhawks fan, but we're going to open up this can of whoop ass with his Cubs fandom. Uh, Joe, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You're an adult. You could be a fan of Chicago's team, the White Sox. Why are you a fan of the Cubs? <laughs> well, Justin, and I, I get it. I mean, like I said, I know White Sox fans, hey, you guys, we, we deserve the brunt of what we've been dealt with the last few years let me tell you i mean it started with that cease and Eloy for quintana trade and i think you know it's well deserved the way things have been run on the north Thanks, side Cubs. the south so yeah um anyway uh i guess the story behind that is you know my my father is a huge white Sox fan and you know raised me a white Sox fan and so everybody's like joe how the heck are you did you become a cubs fan well um, my mother's father, my grandfather was a Cubs fan, but although growing up in the shadow of old Comiskey park, he just decided to go against the grain with his friends and be a Cubs fan for whatever reason. And unfortunately, when I was nine years old, he was diagnosed with uh, bone cancer. And one day before he passed away, uh, called me into his hospital room and said, to me, Joseph, if if something were to happen to me, would you take over being the Cubs fan in the family? And I s- kind of just said, yeah, you know, OK, I, I, I didn't really get the gravity of, of what he was asking me until he did pa- pass away. And at that point, I remembered the conversation and I explained to my mom and dad what I was doing. And I told my mom, I said, all right, I'm getting rid of all my White Sox clothes and buy me Cubs clothes, which, Justin, then you could appreciate this. The next season, the Cubs started 0-14 in the regular season. So um, I was like, what did I just do to Joe, myself? What, what year was that? <laughs> I think that was 19. I want to say it was either 1996 or 1997. This is actually a funny year. I think it was... I think it was 96 because uh, on the radio, David Kaplan talks about it all the time. I think at the time he was working for WGN, I believe. And yeah. He, he had actually made a, uh, like, 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 a, I guess you could say a bet or a deal with somebody or something like that, that he would sleep in a van every night until they won a game and they started 0 14. Yeah. And that I'll never forget that was the first year that it happened. And I was just like, what? Yeah, I just what did I get myself into? And from then on, it's it's been nothing but, you know, taking the brunt of the 108 jokes and all because all my, my friends are are White Sox fans. And I'm just I'm the Lone Ranger on the on that totem pole. So it's like, hey, I've had a deal with it and I'll continue to deal with it for probably many, many more years. But I mean, like I said, I'm not a, a Sox hater. I mean, credit to them. They've done things the right way. Um, really since they traded Chris Sale and uh, Adam Eaton to get the returns that they did have really set them up for, you know, a really long-term run here of sustained success. And, you know, I, I hope for the Southsiders that, you know, it turns into a, a World Series title. Incredible, Joe. Like, honestly, I'm kind of in awe right now because I was expecting you to slit our fucking throats. And actually, what I want to say, Joe, is I actually, please do not. You're a nice um, guy. Joe, do not. Yeah. Listen, don't wish good fortune on my team because I wish nothing good for your fucking trash ass organization. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. I I truly hope and pray you, 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 uh, 
you miss on every prospect. I hope every contract you give out bites you in the ass because your owner is poor. I I hope your organization burns down, quite frankly. Yeah, well, I think maybe a lot more of us fans lately kind of hope for that too. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way things have been handled up there. It's it's really just been we've been the laughing stock of baseball really really since uh, we won the World Series. So. Um, yeah, I, I, it's like, I mean, I was happy to see one, but you know, you win one, you want to see more. And, but the way things are going, I, 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 you don't know when that'll be, if that'll ever be again. So that's why I appreciated the heck out of 2016. So, and I know, like I said, it was, it was rough for me in 2005. Um, you know, I remember I woke up, I think that I was a senior in high school and I had about. 25 voicemail messages so and i knew with oh, with what probably 24 of them were were saying i think I, there was maybe one from my parents there but uh anyway i think like i said what what the white Sox have done and what rick Hahn has done you know really since the the trades of of uh eaton and sale to to get the returns that they did have, have really set them up for for a really sustained run here, at least uh, at least until probably the better part of the decade. So we'll see what it translates into. But uh, you're you're expecting a lot of good things, I know, on the south side. Yeah, you know, um, the Blackhawks are your real team in Chicago, am yes. I right, Joe? Yes, absolutely. So I want to get your opinion on the fallout after the whole Kyle Beach Brad Aldrich thing. Like, where do you stand with the franchise right now? You know, it was hard when, you know, seeing everything that came out from that report and it's just, it was like a shock to, especially everything that, you know, with John McDonough came over from the Cubs and, and cause I mean, there were people in Chicago that, I mean, it was hockey was non-existent in this city for so long. And I remember, you know, when the lockout happened in 2005, uh, it was just like, wow, like there's no hockey. And, you know, I mean, me having played it my whole life and then not having it for a whole season and, you know, and then going back the next year and I was like, you know, I'll never take advantage of another season again. And going back, there was, you know, less than 10,000 fans at, at the United center. And it was, it was tough to see. And especially the product on the ice was, was even worse. And to top it all off, you know, we were the only team in the city really in, I feel like professional sports where the home games were not televised. So you couldn't even really watch the team unless they were on the road and you, you would go out maybe to, you know, a bar or a restaurant, you know, they, they'd have all the other games on from different teams, but nobody knew like, there. I mean, there was even restaurants and bars in Chicago that, didn't their owners didn't know who the what how do we get the Blackhawks what what do we do with them like you know it it was just it was the vibes were so low with that team and then to just see it kind of all turn around and and go in a great direction there from the better part of 2010 to 2015 you know almost half a decade to have the success that they have and then to have that fallout was I mean it was brutal it really was I'm so unfortunate for Kyle what he endured and, you know, at least on the, on, if there is any justice, you know, all those people that were in the organization are no longer with the organization, but, you know, it's, it's going to take a long time to, to get to where they were and they're, they're going to have to start. Bars. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, uh, and, I, I have a hard time. Um, <clears throat> I watched, you know, when it all kind of came about a few months ago when Rocky Wirtz, um, had his little, I guess you could call it press conference, and got asked a question about whatever and, you know, said he knew nothing about what was going on, blah, 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 blah. I have a hard time believing someone of his stature um, when you pour hundreds of millions of dollars into an organization and you don't know every little move that's going on. Um, there's one of two things. Either you're lying to your fans, which I get it. You have to save face. Or two, you're just throwing money at something. You're like, eh, whatever, I don't give a fuck about. Um. I think he knew about everything. Yeah, obviously, you know, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, the players went to Bowman and Bowman said he'll take care of it. He obviously didn't do anything. McDonough found out. He obviously didn't do anything. Q knew about it. He obviously didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, 
Listen, I, I think I, I said it. I can go look up the tweet. I said Stan, or I said Rocky Warsh had to sell the team. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, now, maybe there's a little bit of, I guess you could say, resent or whatever, but I'm a, be honest with you, <clears throat> I'm a bandwagon hockey fan. I wasn't big with hockey up until about 2008. Um, a bunch of my cousins were watching it at the time, and I sat down and watched the game. I thought it was, it was pretty cool, and the Hawks were beating the Red Wings, and it was like really big at the time during the regular season, again, in 2008, to beat the Red Wings. Um, and then, you know, you fast forward to the Winter Classic game you had in Wrigley. Uh, Jesus Christ. You had in Wrigley. Um, and that was cool to watch. And then you just kind of, you know, keep going and going and going. And obviously, you know, that run they had from 2010 to, I guess you could say, you know, 2016, 2017, where they were just unbeatable. Um, was fun to watch. But then you see, obviously, you know, everything that comes out after um, is uh, is, is uh, disheartening and frightening, to say the least. Because uh, when I read, you know, I guess whatever you want to call it, that manifesto or that report, um, that was some of the nastiest things I've ever read in my life. And the fact that not even just Kyle Beach, that any human has to go through that, especially at that level as a grown-ass man, that's... And so this shouldn't be well. So I, I was all for Rocky words uh, being forced to sell the team. Right. And, and I've, I mean, I've heard, I don't know where I heard it too. I mean, I think it was on the radio. It's someone had, I don't know if it was 670 or AM 1000. Someone had called in. It was kind of playing devil's advocate. And it's like, and there's no excuses. Cause I didn't agree with this guy at all, but he had said something like, well, you were just on the cusp of relevancy, Back in Chicago, there was money on the line, and that's and that's what the, we could face facts here. That's what they did. They put money, revenue, ratings, you know, on the, the Blackhawks on the cusp of ending a fifty-year drought over someone's well-being, and that's where that's what that doesn't sit well with me at all. It's like 100%. I don't care if you have haven't won a championship in a thousand years. You know, if if something like this happens, it has to be reported and it has to be. I mean, I mean, look at it right this way. Away. I mean, when, when when that happened, obviously they knew the player. We didn't find out the player until twelve years later. They knew the coach. We didn't find out the coach until twelve years later. And the fact that this coach wasn't terminated right away, you still had this guy's name on the cup. You had pictures of this guy uh online you had photos of this guy in the united center during blackhawks games hoisting the cup you know at the parade and everything like like how low uh how low class do you have to be to even put that out there and granted you know no one knew about it um it just it disgusts me it, it really fucking does. yeah 20 years old and having that happen to you um you're not even as as, as a human you're not even you know fully developed like mentally you know you're still trying to figure out life, figure out the person you are. And then something like that happens. That's, that's disgusting. Right. And I'm and, glad he's behind bars and he should be behind bars for the rest of his fucking life. Right. No, absolutely. And, um, you know, and it's just a shame that, you know, something like that can ruin, you know, uh, you know, the legacy of, you know, I mean, Joel Quenville was, a, has been a great coach throughout his coaching career. And, you know, to now have that stain on his name for, forever i mean you know if he wants to even get back into the nhl which i don't think he should and i don't think the nhl should let him back in but you know even if he wanted to he has to talk to you know the commissioner of the league and i just don't see how any team would want that i mean you could you can make a debate that you know joe quimble is the greatest coach of all time i mean you can really yeah. you can really make that debate you know three cups in you know six years and you know uh Second most winning coach of all time. I mean, Scotty Bowman probably hasn't beat, but um, I mean, second best all time. It's not like that's something, you know, to be upset about, you know, in the long history of the NHL. So, no, I, I agree with you 110%. So, and um, I mean, it's like I said, it's unfortunate. It's so unfortunate what happened and how this team, you know, it's like, it's amazing, you know, their rise to glory and now their fall to, you know, disgust and, and it's, you know, now they're rebuilding and, it, and it's like, you know, you lost fans over this and now you're going to lose fans again. It, it's almost like we're back. You went two steps forward to take, you know, you know and, and it, it's like, I, I like that you brought up that word rebuilding because a lot of sports fans, especially here in Chicago, have a hard time at first kind of accepting that fact of rebuilding. Now, I think, I think uh, Blackhawks fans are okay with like, Hey, let's start the rebuild. 
but I don't think the Wirtz family wants to accept that yet. You know, you go out, you you said who is it, Seth Jones, you give a monster deal to whatever his name was. And for some some reason, I'm very big on, you know, business is business. Um I don't know why number nineteen and number eighty eight are still playing for this team. There's no reason to have them around anymore. You're not competing. Get rid of them. Get something for them. Patrick Kane is still playing. If I'm if I'm if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. He's still playing at a very very high level. You can get something for him. I don't understand. Is is it are you know Taves and Kane there just to put asses in the seats or or what is it? Well, I think it's a combination of both. Taves and Kane. I mean, obviously, have been the faces of the of the franchise since they were drafted, and it's it's what what's hard about it is their contract situation right now, it's pretty difficult because they're both in the last years of their massive deals that they signed, you know, way back when, I mean, they're making 10 and a half million dollars a year and in any salary cap sport, it's hard to take on a contract like that. So I think that's especially, especially in the NHL and anyone out, anyone listening out there, the NHL has a true salary cap, like, Salary cap could be ninety million. That's it. There's no going over. Nothing like that. it is ninety million, and that's that. So. Right, and that's so. That's another problem. I mean, it's like I'm sure the Hawks, if they could, would look to say to a team to say, okay, you know, we could we could trade you these guys, but to, all right, well, another team can come back and say, well, hey, I, I can't. We can't take on ten and a half million right now. We we just don't have the cap room to do it, and that's why I think both Kane and Taves are here and they're probably going to be here at least through the deadline. And if they are moved, the, the, regardless, I believe the Hawks are going to have to eat, you know, 50% of either one of their salaries. But I think Kane, Kane is definitely more likely to be moved. I think than Taves at this point, unless Taves has a breakout first half of the year where he finds his old form and, you know, puts up, you know, great numbers, but I mean, Kane, you know, he's just Mr. Reliable. He's going to score goals. He's going to get you points on the score sheet each and every night. So I think it's more likely than not, if he doesn't want to sign an extension here to be a part of this rebuild, he will be moved either this this summer maybe or um, at the deadline next year. I'll tell you what, they can start this rebuild by trading Seth Jones. How about that? And it's the same thing, but it's like who's gonna now? Who's gonna take on a nine? What is it? A nine and a half billion Somewhere dollar? There. We'll just say contract. ten million, whatever. Yeah. So I mean, it's like because I was doing the math. It's like it's crazy because you got three players on the Hawks who are take. You know, you got Taves and Kane at ten and a half million, so that's twenty one there, and you got Seth Jones at another nine and a half. I think so. You're at thirty and a half million with three players. Thirty and a half million. I just looked. The salary cap in the NHL. Again, guys, this is a hard salary cap. Like that is it. There's no breaking the rules at all. It it is set at eighty two and a half million dollars. So when we'll just say thirty three million dollars in three players is going towards your salary cap, it's hard to compete. It's very, very hard to compete. Losing team too. Yeah. It's very hard to compete and turn things around. Um, which then again, it makes you and uh, Joe, I mean, you've been following your whole life. It makes you be that much more uh, happy, I guess, and uh, makes you feel more accomplished as a fan to be like, wow, like they were really dominant from 09 to, to 2016, 2017. I was at the series, I think, in 20, was it 2016? Was it? No, it was 2017. Yeah, you know, when they, when they got swept in the first round, I think that I, they may have just won the Presidents' Cup. Um, they were the number one seed in the Western Conference, and they just got their ass whooped in the first round. And I remember, um, uh, I bought the girlfriend and I glass seats to the game one, and I think it was Nashville. They just beat the living shit out of us, beat the shit out of us. We ended up losing one zero, um, and then obviously losing the series. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes you feel that much more um, accomplished as a fan, knowing like what they did. Uh, for you know a seven eight year period is pretty right, cool. and especially every year after they won the cup, it seemed like okay they're in cap hell again, 
you know, so they can't and somehow, bring back and, and somehow you know, made it work. It is right. Right. And, you know, through yeah. trades or through, you know, uh, you know, off season trades to, to bring in, find, you know, that's, I think what the Hawks main focus is now. I mean, I, and I give Kyle Davidson a little bit of credit because he's stockpiling as much draft capital as possible. And even though it sucked to see guys like to bring it, go, we get traded and, you know, Strom, you know, not resigning, get you know Kubalik and all these guys that at least were somewhat decent for our team at this point you know you know you're in a full-on rebuild you have to stockpile as many assets as possible and at, at the signings of I think Max Domi and Andre Santadesiu are going to do that especially if they do produce in the first half of this year which I think a lot of people expect them to and I do like Luke Richardson too as a coach um, he's got nothing but good reviews from all of the players that have played for him. And so I think he, he'll be a good guy to help, you know, lead this team through this time and, and get us back to, to a level of respectability, you know, eventually. I think the hardest thing about the whole Kyle beach thing and getting past that was Rocky words uh, at the press conference, you know, pushing that shit to the side, you know, right. he's trying to just get rid of the situation. And that's the problem from the jump. I feel like now, with the team having to rebuild, uh, you know, reshape financially, that that is the karmatic experience that the Blackhawks are going to have to endure because you got to think about it. The owner is only going to have so much uh, blowback from this. Like he's not going to get go to jail. You know, fans are still going to come out to the fucking rink and watch the team. So there's got to be some way to hold him accountable. And I guess the reshaping of the roster, the coaching staff, the whole organization is Rocky's price to pay. Yeah. And I, you know, he, Rocky used to sit, you know, and I remember when I would go to the games, uh, he used to sit and I, I think it was section 120 there at the United center. And, you know, fans would always come up. Thank you for, you know, putting the games on TV and thank you for, you know, bringing us back to respectability and making all the right decisions. And now, you know, you don't, you don't see him, you don't hear from him. You don't, he's very out of out of touch and out of view now which you know again after his rant you know that which was very very disappointing to say the least you really do you want him representing the organization at this point i would you know a rant i'm and, talking about right when they were sitting in like the restaurant or something like that yeah oh, yeah. yeah that was that was and, and, and that's what i'm talking about that's like when it goes like beyond sports of like dude look in the mirror you know i always have the saying like check yourself at the door right like look in the mirror and realize rocky you were part of the problem. You got a little slap on the wrist, okay, and accept the fact you fucked up. You didn't say. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't say sorry one time to like Kyle Beach or his family. You know, he didn't down his franchise, his organization one time. You're a you're a billion dollar organization. You saying, hey, shame on the Blackhawks. It's not going to hurt your team or your organization. You know, right? I, I, had, a, I, I had a serious problem with. With how he handled that all, it, it made him look so senile. Like, dude, like you're so out of your element right now, and you're not even realizing that like you are the problem, Rocky. And that's how I have a hard time believing the words family when they say they knew nothing about it. Again, right. you know, listen, sports are a business. If you're dumping millions and hundreds of millions of dollars in an organization, and you don't know every little move that goes on, you're ter- you shouldn't be in business. Every yeah. little move, you knew what was going on, Rocky, and I get it. Like you're covering it up because you, the Blackhawks are doing something they haven't done in you know 40, 50 years, whatever it may have been at the time, and you know they're on the cusp of greatness. And as it showed for those five, six, seven years, they were great. They were the best team in hockey for five years in a row. I I will say that right fucking now. You know, um, so I, I I guess I could say you I quote unquote under I I get why you did it. But uh, your morals were definitely uh, tested, and and you you failed the test. You you do not care about human life at all. Yeah, and that's that's why I said I, I just don't think, uh, you know, I agree with you. I, I think he should sell the team, and uh, you know, now with this going on, and and the, and the controversy over the you know the logo and and all that too. It's I, I it's it's going to be interesting to see how things move forward with the organization and. You know, I know they keep saying, you know, we're we're changing things, we're we're changing our operation, we're we're changing the way we, how we handle certain situations, and 
you know, proof is in the pudding. So, I mean, let's just see what happens here going forward. I mean, but it's going to be hard to, to win a lot of fans trust back. I, I mean, I, I, they're not going to be anywhere near what they were, you know, if from, like you said, 2008 to 2016. And they're going to, it's going to take a long time, if ever, to get back to, you know, that fan support level that they were, that they had in that time frame. Yeah, well, you know, let's go from one team that's trying to rebuild an image and a culture to the next in Soldier Field. Uh, Joe, I'm thinking the Bears going 8-9. and nine. Justin Fields throws for 2,500 yards or more. All right, change the topic. No. Uh, <laughs> you make I, me I mean, sick. You make me sick. I don't care, Junior. It, Justin Fields or die. I think the Bears will be. I, I mean, Justin. I mean, personally, I don't think they're going to win eight, eight or nine games. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of five and twelve, maybe six and eleven. I just think that that line, that O line, is still not where it needs to be for him to break out and have you know an, a season to where he could win us some games. I mean, I'm sure he will, but it's it's still not to be it's not going to be something where it's going to be oh my god if if they do win that many games I, I, he'll exceed my expectations remember so this I, fucking show joe remember this <laughs> i will show. i will i will and hey I, I hope he proves me wrong i hope we do win 8 or 9 games so i'm not saying i don't i just don't see it but i, I after i but i did say after this year there should be no excuse for this team not to be enter a super bowl window because they're going to have i think over what a hundred and twenty million, I think, in cap space. I, I, I think that year. I think that's pushing it a little too far. Is it? I I didn't know. I what, think so. Listen, yeah, I, I like I like the cap space. Um, but uh, again, I, I try to be especially with the Bears. Try to be as level headed as possible. They have holes. I mean, that and every team has holes, but the Bears, I think, have serious holes. Um. I like Justin yeah, Fields. more so in the offensive line and, and wide receiver. Yeah. I, I, so. I like Justin Fields. Um, people think I'm a fucking Packer fan. I'm not. I just you didn't is. call things how I seem. Shut up. I'm surprised you ain't sleeping He's right now. He's a closeted Packers fan. Yes, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I, see the wi- <laughs> I see the Wi-Fi is working over there at the retirement home, so that's good to know. But anyway. Because um, you trapped in the closet? <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I mean, I think there's holes, you know, and there's questions about the team. Um, I like the draft class so far. I'm going to, I'm, I, I really liked your Quan Brisker. I think he's going to be the best player of the draft class. I'm very high on him. And then Kyler Gordon, I think he's going to be pretty good too. Um, but like I've been saying now for a few months is there's going to be games where they go out there and they just shut quarterbacks down. And then they're going to go out there, and there's going to be games where a quarterback throws 400 yards and then just picks them apart. Um, and I don't think a lot of Bears fans are seeing that. They just see, you know, drafted high, like he's going to come in and make an impact, and that's not the way the NFL works. You know, they're going to get their welcome to the NFL moment. It's going to be rough for them, and they'll get past it. Um, as far as the offense, man, where do you want to start? Offensive line, you don't know what you're getting out of your tight ends. Um, you know, Comet, I Comet, I think has talent, but uh, you know, offensive line scares the shit out of me. And then, especially when you have a guy like Justin, you try to protect him as much as possible. Uh, I'm very, very pessimistic about this season. I have them at uh, six and eleven. Yeah, that's I know. I, I agree with that. That too. I mean, I, I, I think five and twelve or six and eleven. If if they go seven and ten or better, hey, I'll I'll take it. You know, so. But at this point, yeah, I, I, you know, hey, if they win some games here, they they, they might pull off some upsets. You know, you never know. Um, but it, the key is too. I mean, Justin Fields has to stay healthy too. You know, if God forbid he goes down, I mean, you know, whoa, was, whoa, so. whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa! This is my line. least favorite whoa, part of the show right whoa. here. So. Oh, one second, one second, there, Joe. One sec, bud. Did you say? <laughs> did you say the word? Healthy. <laughs> well, with that offensive whoa, line, whoa, you know, whoa, 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 Joe, Joe, Joe. The, 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 I mean, that you Joe, saw the Joe, game last Joe, year against Joe, Cleveland. Joe, so. Joe, Joe, Joey. It's a simple question. Did you say the word healthy? Yes or no? I did. 
And did you say that word because Justin Fields got a little banged up a little bit more than you wanted to last year? I I did. I did you did say that. did you yes. say that word because in college Justin Fields was prone to getting hurt here and there? I didn't know. I didn't watch too much of Ohio okay, State. But, so, but in the in the NFL, Justin Fields has had a few nagging injuries that are reoccurring. Is that is that is that what you said? The word healthy. Is that fair? Yeah. Is that fair okay. to say? That's why I, so, I, yeah, I was just asking. I was just asking. He just trying to reoccurring. They're not reoccurring. His agenda on you. They're not reoccurring. He's trying to push his agenda. <laughs> that knee injury on you, that goes all the way back to his junior year of college yeah. or his sophomore year of college. He's trying to push that groin injury, agenda. that ankle injury. How about that thumb injury that goes back to college? Yeah, you trying to push your pushing agenda. my agenda, like Max says. I always spit facts. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I, I will say I do agree with you in this aspect, Joe. I don't think the offensive line is particularly great. I said the other day, how many players at the skill position on offense, meaning, you know, left tackle, right tackle, wide receiver, uh, running back, you know, and, of course, quarterback. But how many skilled players do the Bears have that other teams would be clamoring for? You know what I mean? Right. Not not many. Yeah. Right. So I, I always say if, if you look at uh, most teams that get young, talented quarterbacks, they do put weapons, you know, around them. And I'm not saying Poles uh, should have put weapons around uh, Fields this year because I'm with you. I think the Bears are – I know people are saying retooling, but I honestly believe the Bears are sort of rebuilding. And I believe eventually that Poles will have, you know, the necessary weapons around uh, Justin Fields in order for him to – you know, truly take off and be successful and have that breakout year that everybody's looking for. I just think this year is more about Justin Fields' development, that we see him getting better than he was last year. But I wholeheartedly agree 100% that Justin Fields doesn't have a lot of offensive weapons around him or, you know, stacked talent like some of these other young QBs. So to think that Justin Fields is just going to, you know, dominate or have these, you know, record-breaking numbers or anything of that nature, I think is, you know, pie-in-the-sky thinking. Yeah, right. So, and, and again, it's all about, I mean, this is a sophomore season, so, you know, you just you want to continue to see improvement. You want to see, you know, obviously making better decisions than last year. You want to see him, you know, use his, and use his legs when he can. And, you know, I, that's what I want to see more of is like, you know, using his, using your legs to get first downs, you know, using your legs to extend plays. And I mean, I know it's key on, on the offensive line, giving you time and space to be able to do it. But, uh, you know, I just, you just want to see, like I said, steady, steady growth from, from fields this year. That's the key. I mean, we're not, we're not sitting here thinking, oh, well, it's got to be about wins and losses. Cause it's, I mean, even though that's what the game is about for us bear fans, I think it's more, Hey, how are the, how are your young guys who we think are going to be studs down the road? Listen, going to develop. Care about, all I care about this season is the development of Justin Fields. Yeah. Right. I've already accepted the fact they're not going to be good record-wise. Um, some people think otherwise, and that's fine. You can fan how you want. You can have your own opinion. Um, I obviously think opposite of that. But uh, I just need to see development from Justin. Uh, there were some throws he made the other day against Kansas City where I'm like, holy shit, those are NFL quarterback throws. So he can keep doing things like that, having the reads he had, you know, uh, noticing, you know, pressure like he did against Kansas City. I think Bears are in good hands. Uh, but again, uh, it's something I want to see for a full season or at least half the season. Yeah, yeah I want to see. Uh, I want to see the the young guys they drafted this year develop as well. So I, I, not only do I want to see Justin Fields uh, develop, but like you say, I want I want to see Brisker and all those guys. Well, the re- the reason I the reason I say like Justin is obviously you know the the most important thing is because. If Justin fails, you start this all over. And and then at that point, you know, let's say they give Justin two years under this regime, you're now going into year three of Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker who are going to want extensions. And then that's more money you got to allocate to them. And, you know, so that that's why I think Justin is the most important piece of this puzzle. If he fails, you you got to start over. Yeah, and, and Ryan Poles says, you know, I mean, it seems like he's got a good – repertoire as far as you know drafting good you know development and drafting and developing players and i mean he helped obviously find mahomes and 
Um, you know, I, I know he scouts and, um, you know, personnel from all over football have given Ryan Poles a very good stamp of approval. So I'm just excited to what he can. And like I said, the draft picks that he's gotten us this year and in, in, I think it's, you know, Vellis Jones Jr. and, and Brisker. And so I'm excited to see what they bring because, you know, if they're who they say they're going to develop to be, I, I think we're, we're in for quite a treat with, with those guys, too. So. I yeah, I I think the the number one thing I took away from Kansas City was did Justin Fields slide protection? Did he command the line of scrimmage? Did it feel like he had control of the playbook? That's what I wanted to see, and that's why I got so upset at Matt Nagy last year because obviously you would want him to be prepared for the regular season. It doesn't matter if he's going to be sitting or not. Give him some reps in the preseason with the first string he never had that chance. It was like, fuck, you think he's not even ready to even emergency help. That's what pisses me off, Joe. So it looked like this preseason, uh, Gatsby uh, got him in rhythm and in command of the playbook. So I'm excited to see the Bears offense, even though they don't offer me a lot uh, talent-wise. I just want to see the growth. And as far as like that topic too, what are your what are your guys' thoughts on them? Do you want to see them move to Arlington Heights, or do you want to see them stay at Soldier Field? Yeah, I don't care. Like the worst part about being a Bears fan now is I'm not going to be able to hear Joe Buck call a, a primetime game. I'm just going to be stuck with NBC and they fucking don't even, ESPN. They don't even deserve to be in primetime. It doesn't matter. I still like when the Bears play in primetime. I don't give a fuck about Arlington, Joe. Like Soldier yes. Field, Arlington. I wish I Arlington know. Heights was ready yesterday. Yes, right. Yeah, Field, I'm. I'm. Soldier I'm on that train too. Sucks. There is literally nothing good about Soldier Field, and every fucking person I talk to says the best well, playing surface in sports. No, it's not. They say, well, the history of Soldier Field. I don't care about your fucking history. I'm ready to make new history, and I'm ready to make that history. In well, yeah, and it's like, too, for Soldier Field, how many NFC Championship games has Soldier Field hosted? I mean, Four, and how five, many of the Bears won? <laughs> so, and two. yeah, and it's like, so, you know, I mean, I know the bear weather concept and all that. It's Bro, like, that, you know, that, that's, that, that's, a, that's flawed because I think it's like since the year, like I looked like, since like 2000 or 2001 or maybe 2010 from from november on they're under 500 in chicago so that's that's and then another thing i'm like here's the thing you're you're basically you're the bears are renting soldier field obviously from the city so wouldn't you want to just go build your own state-of-the-art facility in arlington heights you own the stadium knowing knowing the the mccaskey family knowing the mccaskey family like i like how you said state-of-the-art because Every stadium that's been built over the last ten years, each one has been better than the last. But I, I, it, it would be total bears to go to Arlington Heights and just build the most basic stadium ever. Well, I mean, you, you realize, I mean, because if if McCaskey's smart, which I mean, I know that's up for debate, but if you you want to host Super Bowls, you want to host Final Fours, okay, you got to make this thing at least eighty to eighty five thousand between that starting at a minimum to up to maybe a hundred to 110,000. And you do that. I mean, just think of the revenue you're going to get to go to your team and it's going all to you. Nothing. You're not writing anything. You're not leasing anything. You own everything. You own the parking, you own the concessions, you own all the revenues from concerts, from final fours, from Super Bowls. It's all going directly to the team. So I, I don't see how, it would make sense to say it's Soldier Field. I just well, I don't see it. I'm gonna be honest. I kind of uh, disagree on that point. As far as Soldier Field, I don't care about the history either. They could. T- I mean, I don't want to say it that way. I don't want to disrespect any veterans or anything like that. But I mean, they could tear down the stadium and, and rebuild another uh, field. To me, when you have like, for example, they got the Michael Reese Complex down there on, on the. Uh, basically on the low end in the Bronzeville area or whatever, and they finna build this state-of-the-art. Uh, basically, you know, it's going to be a shopping center. It's going to be a um, casino and, and hotels and boutiques and all of that good stuff. And then you got the museums in that area. You're on the lakefront. If you build a state-of-the-art facility 
in that area to me, you're winning because that is like nothing can beat that scene. It's nothing in Arlington Heights that's going to beat that type of uh, area you have on the lakefront right there. It's, it's nothing that they can do that could beat that. You you can't buy the Chicago lakefront. It's just classic, you know, to me. And right. It's a shame that the city and the Bears couldn't figure out a, a way to do that because to me, yeah, you can say Arlington Heights is close to Chicago and all that, but they're the Chicago. You're getting Bears, so emotional you know? right now. No, You're getting so emotional. emotional. It just got to do with the the truth. Like nothing beats uh, the lakefront. It's nothing more than, more, more than half of the teams. The more than half of the teams in the NFL don't play in the city that their team is supposedly. Playing. They also not in the city of Chicago though. Like the, yeah, that lakefront is special. You know what? You know? The team sucks. So what's it matter? Junior, Junior, They're you leaving. know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna come. I'm gonna pick you up, and we're gonna go over to 63rd behind Larabita, and then you can enjoy the lakefront how it's supposed to be enjoyed. That's okay, yeah. Mac. I got him. I got him, Mac. Yeah, he need he need he need to understand the beauty of, of the lakefront. But yeah, I mean, with them building all of that over all of that over there now, the casinos, the boutique area now, and they're gonna develop that Michael Reese area, which used to be old Michael Reese Hospital. For people that don't know, I think. The Bears have an opportunity to really just make that area shine even more with a, a brand new stadium. But I will say this, and some Bears fans will get mad. If the Bears move to Arlington Heights, I actually agree with the city. The city should try to get another football team. They yeah, that's what should. I did see. Like the, you know, yeah, the uh, NFL is name? not going to allow that. Because didn't what's uh, the Jaguars owner? He's from Chicago, so I know there was talk. They said, well, if the Bears do leave, that they Tony Khan? The, the city, yeah, the city would explore trying oh, to he's grab. Not, he's not convince. from Chicago. I think he went to U of I. Oh, really? Okay, I yeah. thought I, I didn't know if I read yeah, if he, he was from he, at he ties to, to Chicago or something. So. My, my my thing is like, like I've told, I think I told Mac this yesterday, the day before, and maybe Justin heard it too. We were in one of the spaces. I just can't see the NFL allowing another team in Chicago with the Bears being like literally the charter franchise of the NFL. I can't see. They that. care about money, though. What it does Well, it, it, it was. I mean, there were two teams in Chicago at one point. With exactly. But that was that was that was a hundred years ago, though. Like times have changed. Like you cannot so have the third largest, technically the third oh largest God. sports market, not have. So so a name team the other two for me, please. Name, name name the other two for me, please. I'm just saying. I'm assuming, I'm assuming L.A. and New York. Yeah, LA. Because because the Rams and Chargers don't play in LA and the Giants and Jets don't even play in the fucking state they're supposedly from. So as far as saying the the whole market thing, that doesn't matter. The money you go to Arlington Heights, the money's gonna be there. Don't you worry. The the whole market thing is is flawed out. Well, or this could have been avoided too. Like when they remodeled Soldier Field in two what was it, two thousand two or two thousand three? I mean, if they would have just put a dome over the dang thing and you know, put uh, increase the seating capacity to eighty or eighty five thousand. No, we no, wouldn't the, be talking no, the about seat, this. That's the problem. Is old quote unquote old Soldier Field before the renovations? It held seventy thousand people. You did a renovation, now you seat less. Right. Like I don't get it. Yeah, it's a terrible stadium. There's nothing good about the stadium. Parking sucks. Amenities suck. Nah. The seats are fucking terrible. Stay on There's the lakefront. Nothing front. good. No, get yeah. the fuck out of it. Stay on the lakefront. Skip Arlington Heights. Stay on the lakefront. And you know what? I'm, I don't agree with uh, Lightfoot on anything. But if the Bears do move, the city should explore getting another fucking team. And this, when they, this, this and, the same and, woman that was crying, they, they were going to leave. And when they and now, get another, now she's on her knees saying, "Please stay." Let's. And talk when they get, get and the if they get another here. team, I hope the team is has a that owner. Be, that must be the midget from you, y'all. Had, then the pulling so. complex you guys have in yeah, common. I, hope so. I want I want them to bring a. I hope if the Bears move to Island Heights, and I'm a Bears fan, I hope the city of Chicago do explore getting another franchise. And I hope the franchise owner is somebody who's willing to uh, spend money with no problem whatsoever and want to put a winning product on the on the field all the damn time so it's nothing wrong with competition that's the great thing about america competition makes everybody better so get another team chicago get another team i agree with that i would be okay with the chicago jags you know get get another one 
Joe, I, I got to say, you know, for you being a Cubs fan, and first of all, that was a wonderful story, you know, uh, how you became a Cubs fan. And I got to be honest, I'm not one of those White Sox fans that want my Cubs fans, buddy, to be happy. I absolutely hate the Cubs. The Cubs do uh, disgust me. But I will say that was a wonderful story you told about how you became a Cubs fan. And it actually uh, kind of – you know, uh, makes me smile a little bit. The fact that you're a Cubs fan and that you listen to BGR and listen to us spew, you know, uh, I love about the White Sox, which is kind of an inner city rival of your favorite team. Well, uh, it's funny because you guys, I mean, my cousin is the head of ticket operations for the White Sox. Oh, wow. So he, he's in charge of the whole ticketing operation for, for the team. So, um, I, I went to games. I, I got to play on the field. I, I think it was when I was part of like a little league all-star kind of thing way back in the day. Um, but you know, and it's like I said, they're my, they're my pops team. So, and all my family loves them. You know, and like I said, right now, what reason have the Cubs given me to watch what they're putting out there right now? <laughs> I'd rather watch a team that at least is competitive they go out there, they play hard. I mean, they've struggled this year, I mean, which is kind of shocking. But, I mean, they've had to endure a lot of injuries, which I know is not an excuse sometimes. But they definitely, should their record be better than what it is? Absolutely. But they're right there in the hunt because, you know, the division isn't strong, to put it that way, to put it at, you know, say the least. But they this team gets hot. You see what they can do. And that's why I think, you know, just get in the playoffs. I mean, I've seen so many Sox fans say, oh, this team's done. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to do anything. All, you just need a shot to get in the playoffs. And you get hot at the right time, anything can happen. And look what they've done so far to Houston in this series. So the, it proves they could hang with the best teams in the league. But it's just they got to just go out there and, and prove it. And that's what the, it seems like they're doing now. So. Yeah, by the way, you know, us at BGR, we we didn't give up on the White Sox. We've been telling people all season long not to panic, that it was going to be okay, and you're right that this division is weak. Uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast, the end of the show. As you know, we like to give, you know, last words here, parting words. So I'm going to start with you, uh, Junior. What's your last words? All right, no, I just want to say, you know, thanks again, guys. No, not Junior. Junior, go. You the guest. Yeah. Junior, oh, it's, Junior. It's, it's, I'm sorry. My bad. It's because I'm fucking white again. And it's it's week in and week out with this shit, and HR is going to hear it because now yeah, I'm Yeah, no. Nah, it's no race relations uh, at BGR <laughs> Thursday morning. HR stands for human race, yeah. according to y'all. That'll be nah, changed uh, in the morning. Joe, thanks for coming in. It was weird talking Blackhawks. Like I said, I'm not. The biggest Blackhawks fan out there. I'm 100% bandwagon, um, especially in my early 20s when they were good. Um, that was Party Town USA. It was so fucking fun. Um, I partied up north when they won in 2015 um, up there in that scumbag fucking, you guys like to call it, Wrigleyville. <laughs> and it was great times. Um, no, I did that in 2013, cool. and I, I lived in St. Louis at the time, and I, I made my boss come up. Or I, I asked for that two days off because i was like i want to see the hawks clinch and i didn't want to be in st louis when they won it so i, I came back because I, I had to live there for two years uh for my job and so i was very happy to come back and celebrate in chicago yeah it was definitely cool having you on talking uh different yeah thanks again I'm, guys I'm sure, and, you, know, you guys sure, do a I'm great sure, job uh, I'm sure Mac wanted... was over here like, what the fuck are they talking about? Because Mac probably <laughs> Mac probably can't spell hockey. I got to get uh, you guys all to a game. I, I'd love to get you guys all to, to a game next year. I mean, it'll be pretty easy to get tickets. So, you know, if you all want to go, we'd be more than happy to, to take you out to a game. Yeah, if Sounds I can't good. spell hockey, your ass can't spell baseball. What's your last word? I know you thought they were called the Chicago Indians. You heard they got a new name, Blackhawks. You were all excited. Your, what's, your, what's your part of words there, uh, Junior? I mean, Justin? God damn well, it. So you want Junior to go three times back? <laughs> no. God. No. You, you hear this, man. The boy who cried white on black and white today, Junior's out of pocket. Yeah. But uh, today was a, a good show. Uh, thanks for coming on, Joe. Real, real cool guy. Like, I was kind of skeptical. I'm skeptical about all Cubs fans. But <laughs> you turned out to be a great guest tonight. Um, 
Oh, thank you, Justin. I just want to say, you know, I love following you. I love following all you guys on Twitter. You know, you're all great, great people. And I know, like, I mean, I have to give a shout out to, to like, to, to, to Brian. I mean, I, I know Brian Knights does those post games for White Sox. And I, I mean, I love him all the time. So shout out to him, too. But he's inspired me to, like, do some Blackhawks post games. They believe me, they won't be nearly as good as what he does for the Sox. But I'm hoping to do something like that this year. So we'll see. Yeah, we had the Prince of Persian on uh, a couple of shows ago. So, yeah, we're familiar with Brian Knights. But uh, like I said, uh, good night tonight, Joe. Red Sox uh, won. Hopefully the White Sox could pull it out. Yeah, that'd be nice. But uh, I do appreciate you coming on, Joe. And with that being said, what's your last words for the people, Joe? I just want to say, hey, guys, you know, always keep the faith. Uh, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. I hear that. Nothing wrong with that at all. And you're right. You got to keep the faith. Like Brother Jesse say, keep hope alive. Get the fuck. (laughs) Uh, Respect your elder, son. No, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. All right. And, And as you got to hear, according to some, one of our only listeners, because we only get one listener, as they tell us, decided to come on the show and chop it up with us. But it was special. I appreciate you coming on, Joe. And right now, I just want to say I'm excited about my White Sox. We're down right now in the bottom of the ninth, 3-2 in this game against the Astros, but they already took the first two. I think White Sox fans should be elated because guess what? We're in a pennant race in August, September. It's coming down to the wire. This is fun baseball. Everybody hanging onto their seat, looking at Every single pitch seeing what's going to happen Who's going to come up clutch This is what baseball is all about It's fun, it's exciting And I'm glad as a White Sox fan My team is in it And we're not like the Cubs Where we're watching baseball That doesn't fucking matter And with that being said Bad Guy Radio is out